the numbers all go to 11. I'm talking about bands that rock. Led Zeppelin. What about Sabbath? ACDC. Motorhead. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? We're not worthy! We're not worthy! Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. I get up above the ground and raise my head days like this. Think I should be dead. One for Satan, two for me. Let's cheat the devil. It's fun, don't you agree? Welcome to the Nothing Shocking Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zero. With me in Deadbug Studios is my son, Harrison. Uh, he's going to be fairly quiet this episode, though. He's just kind of hanging out in the basement with me. So I thought he could pop on. My guest this week is Mike Mishock of the band Stained in San Estonia. San Estonia's got a new album out called Flawed Design. Uh, Sully from Godsmack's on it. Isn't he your favorite singer, Harrison? Yes. He is? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, of course. I love Godsmack. Now, just go, go on to what you're talking about. I don't care. Just leave you alone? Okay. okay. You can uh, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, it was a fun guest... For me, I'm a big fan of Stain, and I love Stain of Sonia. I think Mike's guitar work is fantastic. I think he's one of the most more influential guitarists of his generation. I just listen to the music out there right now. So it was an honor to get him on the podcast, and uh, you'll get to look forward to that a little later. But uh, don't forget to pick up the album Flawed Design by St. Sonia. Before we get there, though, I want to let you know where you can find us. We're at zpnetwork.com, zoicsonline.com. We're on Facebook at the Nothing Shocking Podcast Community Fan Page, and Twitter at No Shock Pod follow us there like us tell your friends and then we are on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify alexa stitcher all your podcatchers uh-huh. yeah alexa we're on alexa you can listen to the podcast on alexa you I, can do I it i do know that do you listen to it i didn't know that before i did until you talked and by the way i i don't i don't really know how to do this i'm seven and a half years old okay so you don't want to do it all right just well, i do want to do it i just could could you kind of give me some tips do you listen to the podcast? Uh, I, I I listen it to your in your car, don't I? I don't listen to the podcast. What? what? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, our sponsors are Ragged Records and Legends Picks, and I want to thank the band Hong Kong Sleepover for letting us Hong use their music. Kong. Their songs don't sound like that. I know. <laughs> you like Hong Kong Sleepover too, don't you? I, I I barely even know what they are. Yeah, that's not true. You were singing in the car the other day. Uh, but they've got a concert December 14th in Macomb, Illinois. Uh, it's called uh, Rock for Kids 2. Uh, let me pull it up on Facebook here while we're talking. It benefits the St. Jude's uh, Children's Research Hospital. Uh, yeah. Of course, my internet's deciding to be a pain right now. Let me get it up here. Hong Kong Sleepover. Uh, the bands that are going to be there are uh, uh, Hong Kong Sleepover, of course. Uh, you also got As Big as a Mouse, Northbrook, formerly The Fox. It is 7 p.m. till midnight, all ages, with a legal guardian. You going to go with me? Sure. Going to go to the show? Yeah, I'm going to also listen this to the podcast right after we're done with this and stuff that we're doing down here. Okay, you got to talk into the mic and get your hand off of the mic. Okay, if you're gonna okay. It. That's how you podcast. Those are your tips. Talk into the mic and don't hold on to the mic. This is an ASMR. 
Uh, but it's live at the Forum in Macomb, Illinois, December 14th, 7 p.m. to midnight. Uh, Rock and Roll for Kids 2019 to help uh, support St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Uh, they've already raised $1,700, so they more than their goal of 1500 So mm-hmm. already successful. Uh, I can't wait for the show. I love all the bands on the bill. Uh, I grew up with some of the guys in Northbrook. Uh, just It's going to be a ton of fun. So uh, before we get there, though, I went and saw Slayer on their farewell tour with Primus Ministry and Phil Anselmo and the Illegals. And I have never seen... I've never seen Slayer. I've never seen Pantera. I've never seen Ministry. I've never seen Primus. What? So it was. Have you seen them? No, I haven't okay, seen them. I'm just thing. saying, what? I thought you've seen them before. No, I had a chance to see Pantera and Slayer a long time ago, and I didn't go, and I regret that decision to this day. Uh, that was that sounded like a fantastic show, but it was in here in Moline, Illinois. Stop touching the mic, and. It started at 6 p.m., which is really early for a metal concert, but Phil went on first, and the place was packed as soon as he went on. I mean, it, it was packed from 6 p.m. till the end of the night. Nobody left. Nobody came late. They were there for the whole shebang, and that's pretty rare. Most of the time when you go to a rock show, the first few bands, nobody's there, and then, you know, as you get later on the night, just more and more people come in. It was packed from Jump Street, and... That made for a pretty exciting night. Uh, I really thought Phil and some of the legals were really good. They, they sounded, and a lot of people were expecting them to be kind of a, to sound kind of crappy, like a Pantera cover band with Phil singing, but they were really good. I was really impressed with their sound. A ministry, ministry was great. Uh, they uh, just you don't know much ministry. I haven't showed you too much ministry. Maybe when you get older. Do you know what mi- I don't even know what ministry. Ministry is a band. Yeah, but uh, they were they're an, they're an industrial type band. Obviously, you know you listen to the podcast. You've had many of the members of the band on the podcast. Actually, uh, they were phenomenal. It, it's a really unique lineup. I mean, Pantera and Slayer kind of go to an extent. But Ministry is more industrial, and Primus is like full-blown prog rock band. Uh, and I'm, you know, you've heard the stories of people trying to open for Slayer and it not going well. But, uh, but it it went really well. Primus really was awesome. Uh, the crowd reacted properly to them. It was just a lot of fun. Uh, and then Slayer, when they hit the stage, it was just—I've never seen so much fire in my life. It was just fire shooting out of every part of the stage it was just a fantastic I fun saw metal video. show it was horrible it was hor- well, not horrible it was horrifying horrifying uh-huh. that that describes slayer Sl- slayer is horrifying oh god no but it was I'm, I'm glad i got a chance to see slayer uh i took my friend patrick who's more of a not really a metal guy and he he liked it to an extent but it, it was i'm glad i got the chance to see slayer one last time or for the first time, one last time, and uh, uh, if you get a chance to pick, catch the rest of the, the show or one of the tour stops, please do so because it is a really unique lineup, and it starts off with Pantera, ends with Slayer, and you get Primus and Ministry in between. So, do you guys know these things where you put your hands in them? If you hear that, that's me. My son has a puppet on his hand. He's talking into the microphone for it. But uh, let's move on because I'm wasting too much of your time. Uh, let's get to the interview with Mike Mashak of St. Estonia and Stained. 
Uh, I did see Stained at Louder Than Life. They're fantastic. We talk a little bit about that on the podcast. But go pick up a Flawed Design by Santa Sonia now and enjoy the interview. Good night. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Uh, not much. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I've been a big fan for a long time, and I'm really excited to talk to you about the new album. Fla- oh. uh, awesome, man. Thank you. Right you got the new album, Flawed Design, coming out October 25th. It's the follow-up to your self-titled debut with Santa Sonia. Was there anything different this time around, writing and recording with Adam? Um, yeah, it was a little different. Uh, we, you know, we kind of approach a little different. I don't want to write with some other people and that was that was something that's kinda of new for me. Um but listen, you know, whenever you get the chance to work with somebody that's, you know, good at what they do, you know, it's, it's always a good opportunity. So I uh, you know, that led to some some full rights on this record, uh, which I think, you know, helped make the record, you know, pretty diverse. I think it gave us, you know, some of the songs, you know, sound a little bit different for us, which I think is good. You know what I mean? I think there's uh, there's some growth with that, and uh, growth is always a good thing. So, you know, pretty happy with the end results. Um, but that would probably be the biggest change, I would say. You know, other than that, I mean, it's kind of it took us a while. You know, and there's 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 quite a few collaborations I think on it. You know, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's that was really about it. Other than that, it was you know pretty similar when you go into an album do you have an idea what you want it to sound like or sound like what the theme's going to be or do you just kind of let it happen organically no i just let it happen i mean i, I think that if you if you try to plan things they probably never turn out the way you want anyways i don't i don't know i mean for me it's uh i just write as much music as i can and try to figure out you know what adam likes to do or wants to sing on you know so uh that's usually kind of what shapes where things end up going, you know. Do you write to the project, or do you, are you just kind of always writing and, you know, getting a database full of riffs and then, you know, making songs out of that? It, or? It, it's more it's more database and riffs. It's just if, I, if I'm playing at home something I like, I'll put it down, and, you know, when it comes time to do something, I'll go back and listen to those things and sometimes I remember playing them, and... Uh, you know, but if it's something that catches my ear or, you know, sparks something I hear going somewhere else, then, then you know, you spend spend a minute on it and, you know, see where it goes and then develop it into something. And, you know, I, uh, you know, so for me, it's always kind of just having a back catalog of ideas that I can always go to and listen to and, and you know, kind of, you know, take some and, and see where they end up. And, you know, obviously they're not all good, you know, and, Hopefully, sometimes in there, there's some that are better than others. You know. Do you have to? Do you ever think specifically about you know the singer Adam or Aaron or who you're writing for, or do they just kind of have to translate your songs into song? I mean, are you writing for them, or are they translating your music? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, like I said, it's it's. I mean, and I haven't written with Aaron in, in a bunch of years. You right. know what I mean? So. Uh, you know, in the last time that, you know, I, we, we did write, so I, I should say, you know, that one, when we did the last name record, 
you know, a bunch of years ago, you know, it was there, like, I wanted to be super heavy. So it was just, you know, writing and bringing heavy rest in for the most part, you know. And I was real happy when that turned out. I thought it was, you know, one of my favorite same records, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, with this, I think, I, I like, I do like the work to the two, you know, and I think, you know, uh, you know, Adam is, you know, has some great, he actually had a couple of acoustic songs on the record that I think were great, and he did the last record as well. You know, I love that stuff. I mean, I, I love playing, you know, the acoustic stuff as well as the super heavy stuff. Um, you know, I like that diversity. It's the you know, best thing album, too. So, uh, but as far as writing for different guys, I, again, I just kind of like, and I think they have their own things and they're drawn to probably different things, you know, so I think whatever I write, something that Adam might like hair and might not, I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. I haven't even really been in that been in that situation because uh, I've really just written with Adam over the last, you know, few years. Right, right. Uh, I mean, we, as fans, we're, you know, no one likes just one thing. Everybody likes a wide variety of stuff. Do you find yourself writing stuff that you'll never be able to use? Or uh, would you ever do something solo that's totally different than anything you've done before? Uh, I mean, are there well, risks? Funny, oh, I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, you see, are there risks okay. out there that we would never, you know, know, you know, think about Mike Mishak, you know, from? Sure, sure. You know, recently it's funny. I have a friend of mine that uh, is the head of the music for ESPN. And he, uh, I'm sorry, about a year ago, right now, I think I did it. He he sent me a text. He's like, I need 10 80 metal riffs. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no problem. So, like, two minute songs each. So, I think I actually, I don't know if I told him this, I think I wrote them all in one day. I think I just sat down and just started, like, playing, like, you know, but that one to me, if it sounds like something else, it can be kind of similar because it's. They're just using it as, like, background, you know, music for stuff, you know, so that was fun. That was fun to do. Um, and, I, you know, it's funny, when I when I started, before I ever found Aaron or ever could really find a singer that I was happy with or happy writing with, I mean, I, I had, you know, my teacher who wrote instrumental music and put out instrumental records, trying to make out my, he's so talented, that guy. And that's kind of what I used to do when I was, you know, much younger and, I always think like it'd be it'd be cool to put out a record where I just you know shred on it, but you know of the instrumental music. I don't know who listens to it or care about it, but I always think it'd be fun. But I just know how much work it is too, so I'm like, right. ah, I don't know. I don't. If I ever had the time to do something like that, I kind of always toy around with that idea. But I guess you don't even need to do a record these days. I could probably just do a few songs or whatever. You know what I mean? And just put them out there. So um, especially with Pro Tools now and. You know, being able to record at home, it's you know, it's probably easier to do than not. So, I, but I, I haven't done it, but I do think about it from time to time. Uh, that is interesting, though. Like you kind of mentioned the music industry and Pro Tools and technology, and today, uh, I mean, one, you have a bunch of uh, special guests and collaborations on the record. Uh, is that? Something that the, I mean, I guess the technology has been around a while, but it, it, does that really make it easier to collaborate with other artists to have, you know, like Sully Erna pop on and, or do you guys have to go and find them and get them in the same room or how does that all work? It's kind of a, it's kind of a bit of both. You know what I mean? I think it can start out with the technology. If like, hey, we have to do this, we want to do this. And I think it's very easy for people to send ideas back and forth and everybody's got, you know, Tools or whatever, and you know, Garage Band, you know, I, mean, I think that's what Jason Newsom, he did do on every song in Garage Band, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it, it's just, you know, it's very easy. But I think at the end of the day, 
you really need to kind of get together and, you know, spend a minute and, you know, work through it, even if it's just a track of on. Listen, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be done that way. But, I mean, I'm kind of old. That's how I like to do right. things, you know what I mean? Like, even when we did this record, I mean, it was sending stuff back and forth. But I was like, I mean, we got to get in the room to play this stuff before we record it. So, I mean, we did that, you know, beginning of the year. We got into rehearsal space, you know, we spent a couple of weeks and just, you know, played the songs. Does this work like? And, uh, the change is cool. And, you know, is this what the way it should be? You know, so, I mean, I mean, that's how we used to write, you know, just get in the room and play, you know, come up with a riff, play a riff, all this jam on it, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, I feel like now it's everybody is in their, in their, you know, bed working, but doing plays with a computer and right. setting it to the other guys in the band, you know? But, and does that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like that process leads to the live show being better, and then it makes the album translate better live. I mean, am I wrong on that? I, 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 no, I mean, listen, I, listen, ultimately that guy that does it the bedroom and sends it to the rest of the band, I mean, they have to get together and play it as a band at some point if they're going to play live, right? So, right. I mean, but I, I do think that, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's something to be said about that energy when you when you write a song and you come up with a riff and everybody's, you know, vibing on it and playing it. And, you know, a half hour later, you got a song. You know, I mean, those are those are always really cool moments. I mean, I mean the same thing happens to me when I'm in my, my practice room. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you come up with something, you can't stop playing the riff, and it just leads from part to part to part, you know? Like, it's just the other guys in the band aren't there, and, like, socially, they feel that energy when you send it to them, I guess, you know, or you play it for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you got to come up in the music industry before it had changed. I mean, you're kind of at the beginning of it, but uh, now that, I mean, you and Adam have names, so at that point, starting over is one thing. You kind of get your foot in the door faster, but you still have to start all over. Uh, is, starting all over, man. Is yeah, radio is. still the number one format, or is it the live performance to get it out there? What is the strategy to really, you know, <laughs> rebuild? I was hoping you could tell me. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I mean, listen, you know, both Adam and I obviously came from very radio-driven bands. You know, helped create our success mm-hmm. with live shows that we were able to go out there and support in those markets that radio is getting played. I mean, here's the deal, though: rock radio, it's played in probably less than half the market that it was when we started. You know what I mean? It's, right. just, it's just a much smaller format. Um, you know, most major cities don't even have rock stations anymore, you know? And, uh, you know, so you know, there's the internet, there's, you know, streaming, there's, you know, there's all these other things. But, I mean, listen, people get in their car. You know, there's satellite radio, you know, which, which, is, which is cool. You know, but I mean, even that, it's it's limited. I mean, there's, you know, one station that's satellite. You know, there's only so many people they're going to play, you know. So it's, um, but it's all those things. I mean, it's, it's trying to get all those things to work together at the same time. You know, so I mean, I guess in that sense, it's no different. It's just other things that, you know, you need to get into play, you know. Talking to guys like you to hopefully get the word out there that there's mm-hmm. good music and, you know. Uh, the social media stuff and having your friends that have a lot of followers, I guess. And uh, listen, I I don't have any of the social media stuff. I don't even know how it works. So <laughs> I mean, it's you know, uh, I mean, I guess I have an idea, but I just 
kind of stay away from that, you know. But I, I know how important it is, you know. So, and, uh, you know, it's getting all those things kind of work to work together. But, yeah, you know, even Adam, I, I mean, it, it is starting home. You know, we, we realize that, you know, when we, when we start a tour. And, you know, being away for a few years, it's going to be harder, you know, to kind of get back. But, I, you know, I think we're all very proud of the record and happy with what it is. And, uh, you know, hopefully the people there that want to hear it. Yeah, no, what I've heard so far, I, I love. And, I mean, I went to Louder Than Life, and so I got to see Stained again. And, I, you know, I got listening to this and then listening, you know, getting caught up on Stained. I was realizing how influential your guitar playing is on today's, you know, kind of modern rock. When you hear, you know, your influence on in other people, is that something that, like, how do you process something like that, or do you even notice it? Hello? <laughs> hey, Bob, we dropped the call. Let me get him right back. All right, thanks. I'm driving to practice, and sometimes it just drops. So, oh, good, you're back on with Bob. Hey. Okay, cool. Hey, hey Bob, sorry about that. All right, I'll, I'll start that last one over. I... I, I, no, I, I got the question. Oh, cool. I think, and I, listen, I, I think that uh, I don't really notice that or pay attention to it. I mean, it's, it's actually very flattering that you say that. Thank you. Um, I think that, you know, one thing that I've seen that I, I always thought was cool is that I had that, you know, I have a PRS baritone guitar. And, you know, if I see other guys out there playing, I'd have to like, oh, that's cool. I mean, you're playing my guitar. You know what I mean? I always, mm-hmm. I always liked that because it was just such a different, it was just such a different instrument. Um, you know, I, even when I got together with Paul Reese to do that, I'm like, you know, they make super expensive, beautiful guitars. I'm like, I, I don't want this to be that. I want it to be like one of your, you know, kind of the SD, which is a little bit more affordable. Like, to me, a baritone is kind of, uh, you know, it's not, somebody's not going to start playing guitar and go buy a baritone. It's something that for right. people that have already played guitars for a while and want to try something different. You know what I mean? And that's what it was for me. So I, I just thought that it was always cool when I saw guys, you know, doing that or, or, you know, playing that. So, but I mean, I think I caught some of that stuff. I mean, I think you got to go back to the foreign guys. You know, I mean, those guys right. were, you know, or even Steve Vai. I mean, Steve Vai used to play a seven string back in the day. You know what I mean? So I kind of just, you know, thought that was cool and tried to make it into my own thing. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I just, to me, like, like Mark Tremonti, Clint Lowry, and like you, your riffs, the, like there are three different styles, but just I kind of hear that combination of you three all the time anymore with a lot of the bands, and I, I mean maybe it's just oh, me. Right but on. all good, all super talented guys and good friends of mine. So that's, uh, that's yeah, those guys are just awesome, awesome players for sure. So, but thank you. It's great to be grouped into that <laughs> category. Uh, you mentioned social media earlier, and. I know you're not really on it, but as a fan, you know, today there's so much access to the bands and you almost have to provide that access to really be successful. But back when we were growing up, you know, the bands we love, there's a lot of mystery behind them, even into the nineties. Like no one knew what Marilyn Manson, his backstory was, and everybody was making up. And, but now you know who they are and the concerts aren't as much of an event as they used to be, but you get that access. So it's still, there's definitely good on both. As a fan, where where do you land? Do you kind of like the access, or would you prefer the mystery? I don't know. I mean, I think the mystery to me made 
made these artists, you know, I think they were more of a, of a rock star back in the day. When you mm -hmm. don't know that, you know, somebody's not taking a picture of their chicken wings and sending it out <laughs> and saying, oh, look what I'm having for... I mean, who cares? I don't know, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh... But it's funny, because, you know, I just did out of it. I just did this, uh... We just did this radio run, and Adam's great with the social media. I mean, he's always posting stuff and putting stuff out there. And listen, I understand how valuable it is and how important it is. And like I said, I mean, it's it's great that he does the thing. Literally, we're like having lunch. I mean, you see how she's taking my picture. Like, you're not putting it on, really? Can I just see a sandwich? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, do we really need to put this out there right now? You know? So, uh... But I get it. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, they love this team. Fans love to see this stuff. I'm like, yeah, really? Who cares? I don't know. But uh, I know what you're saying. I mean, but I, I think it does take away some of that mystique of, you know, of, of what the of what the bands are. And, you know, like, look at back in the day where even I, I think of Tool back in the mm -hmm. day when, you know, everybody thought, you know, you know with Maynard. And, but now it's, Kind of everything's out there, you know what I mean. They still, they still kind of maintain that somewhat, though. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely a different day and age for for that type of thing. Well, yeah, there's definitely bands that still can. I mean, you got the gimmick bands like Ghost and Steel Panther that no one knows anything about, and then you got, you know, even like Stained and System of a Down who just kind of pop up here and there, and will do a quick live run and then disappear again. Uh, it still right. exists, but and then I, I think the neat thing about social media, which I've, I'm bad about, but it's you can be creative with that, and so there is some creativity in the business side of music now, which I don't know how much of that there was back in the day. I mean, I, I guess when you had to do the posters yourself and hang them up, that was, but right. Uh, back in the day when you know Sting started having success, you had. Uh, you know, they wanted you to sound, you know, right. It's been a while over and over again. Is that something that's disappeared? You know, do you have to, do you have any pressure today or is that one of the benefits of the music business being the way it is where they're not expecting you to, you know, sell 15 million records anymore? No, they're not. But I mean, listen, there's still record companies and they still want to sell as many records and downloads as they can. So, you know, I mean, all of that stuff there, you know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely paid attention to, you know. Um, is it as bad as it was? I don't, I don't know. I mean, because you know, we just, we just did this record. But I mean, listen, everybody wants to know what's the first single. You know what I mean? And you still hear that? Oh, what's the next one? You know. And uh, so, I mean, there's definitely something to be said for that. You know, uh, still being a part of it. You know. Um, I, is it as bad? I don't know. I mean, I think that depends upon depends upon the artist and, and who you are, you know. So I have to believe for some people it, it probably is. I think that, you know, Spine Farm was great for us on this record. I mean, they wanted to hear everything, but they, you know, they were cool about it. And, uh, you know, I think that those things, you know, change from, you know, band to band and label to label and what the demands are, you know. What are your thoughts on, you know, we're talking about the access again, the like the meet and greets that a lot of bands do. I, I mean, I think some of them are pretty cool. A lot of the bands spend a lot of time, and they're relatively inexpensive. Uh, is that something you guys are going to pursue on your upcoming we, tours? We, listen, you, you, we do do that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, 
it was one of those things that kind of explained to me that that's kind of become the standard. And I'll tell you, you know, I mean, I remember like even when I, you know, you're out there, the, the reality is it's really expensive to tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really helps with, you know, help some of the costs, putting, you know, gas in the bus, you know, paying the crew. Right. You know, there's 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 a reality that you don't realize when those fans are out there that they're paying for all of that stuff and you know, um you know, that that's just one way that it helps do that, you know, especially for a newer band. And some of the bands that are established, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a way to, again to give that close access that, you know, you were talking about, you know, before, if somebody wants to get it. And it gives them an opportunity to do that, you know. So, um, yeah, my like, guys would sell them are crazy, though. I mean, it's like thousands of dollars to, to well, yeah. people. Yeah, and I've definitely seen some of those that are ridiculous. But, like, I know, like, Alter Bridge does a nice one. And, uh, you know, a lot of the bands I follow tend to, I haven't done too many of them, but they're, they're not too unreasonably priced. And, I mean, but something like Newstead, the, when you did that tour, isn't that kind of what put an end to the band, the cost that it cost him to make it that was, work? Yeah. And yeah. Jason used to give that speech every night. You know, he's like, he's like, He's like, I never did this before. He goes, I would just meet fans. You know, he goes, I had no problem signing anything or meeting anybody. He said, you know, now I'm doing it myself and I see what it is. And he's like, you know, this, that's kind of where I got the line I just said. He's like, you know, <laughs> the gap in the, you know, in the bus, you know, and that's really, that's really what it was, you know, because we were out there and, you know, uh, you know, doing it that way. So, yeah, it helps. And it's cool that the fans are there that want to meet you and, you know, and be a part of that. You know, I've, I've always said that, so. Yeah. What is your, uh, do you have any upcoming tour plans scheduled? I mean, I know you probably can't talk about anything that's not released, but do you have anything scheduled or in the works? Um, you know, Canastonia, we're actually, I just got to rehearsal. We have, uh, we have a show this Saturday and we have another show coming up in November. And, uh, you know, and then I would imagine next year there's, there's going to be more. So that's, you know, listen, you put out a record, you, you gotta get out there and you gotta promote it and, you know, um, that's really that's really the plan. All right. Well, last question before I let you go. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I mentioned being yeah. up louder than life. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, is, thank you. Uh, is that something you think is going to continue on for a while, or is it kind of more of a one-off or a couple-off? I don't know. I mean, the idea was was to you know we had some offers to to do some of these shows and. Uh, you know, we decided we were going to do them. I think it was, you know, everybody's like, well, let's see how it goes. And you know what? It, it went really well. I mean, I think that, you know, we all enjoyed it. We, uh, you know, had a good time. It was fun to get back up there and playing those songs again. And, you know, we had the, you know, we made the time in our schedules to be able to do that. And I think if those things happen again, it's probably not out of the realm. I mean, right now there's nothing planned, but we'll have to just, you know, I think it's, it's you know, after we we just finished them, uh, you know, last weekend was our last right. one in Sacramento. And I think it's, you know, probably regroup, have, have some conversations and see what we want to do. You know, and again, you know, Aaron's, you know, still out there playing, you know, his his country stuff. And, you know, San Antonio has a new record. So, I mean, it's, you know, kind of trying to look everything in and see if we can make that all happen. Right. Well, it, it's great to hear you playing. I, I love Santa Sonia. Uh, it was great to go revisit oh, Stain. And uh, I, I have 
I'm glad you're doing something. You know, you're one of the <laughs> better guitar players from your era, and I just a big big oh, fan. Thank you, and th- thank you so much I for taking the time. The compliment. No, no, anytime. And uh, thank you for the support and uh, the kind words. All right. Well, I'll see you on the road. Thanks, Bob. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Yeah. I'm